Right then, guys. Hello and welcome to episode one of the FKFM podcast. So if you listen to the uh, introductory episode, you'll know that there's going to be sub-series of the podcast. Uh, and this is episode one of the education series. And today we're going to chat about uh, the absolute basics. So what I wanted to do for this episode was was basically give the most the most sort of digestible easy to understand basic content around the the sort of the absolute minimal that you need to know really in order to make progress and not really make any huge mistakes or fall into any fitness myth traps or anything like that so this is really really basic just understanding the the absolute basic stuff and um hopefully if if there's anything in here that you that you didn't know then you'll you'll learn you know the 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 main the main variables that you need to worry about um before you worry about the the minutia and the, and the the smaller details and the 1% you know the top of the pyramid um so to speak so these absolute basics are going to be training nutrition expenditure and recovery and expenditure is only in there because it's the other side of nutrition. So it's the, the balance to nutrition in terms of energy balance, which we'll come on to. So I'm going to cover them in, in that order. So training, nutrition, expenditure, recovery. Um, and the reason that I'm going to cover them in that order is because I wanted to go over training first because it's, it's often a variable which is actually overlooked, which to me makes no sense at all. Because if you don't train, you're not providing the stimulus to grow. So I've heard people say, oh, you know, the nutrition's more important or, you know, your recovery is more important or, you, you, you know, you're, you, you need to make sure that you're on it with your food and your sleep. Otherwise, you know, you, you won't make any progress. And it's like, yes, that makes sense, but you need to be on it with your training first because if you don't train, then you're not going to grow. Okay, you need that stimulus initially. So training shouldn't be overlooked. It should always be the, the, the most important variable because without it, we wouldn't be doing any of this. We wouldn't be, you know, growing muscle. We wouldn't be bodybuilding. You know, we wouldn't really, you know, yeah, you can do a fat loss phase without training. Of course you can. You can get healthier without resistance training, of course. But I assume that the majority of people listening to the podcast will be wanting to understand how to grow or how to optimize their physique as much as possible. So without training, that's not going to happen. So training should always be the, the sort of the base of the pyramid, the, the absolute basic um, most important variable is your training because without it, nothing's going to happen, of course. Okay, so when it comes to training, we've got um, a few different things to focus on. Uh, like I say, this isn't going to go into a lot of detail this episode because I don't want to make it too complex and I don't want to go off onto too many tangents. I want to keep it as basic as I can. And then there'll be some episodes obviously after these, which will go into each variable in a lot more detail. So when it comes to training, we need to look at your training intensity, accuracy, volume, and your frequency. So Training intensity comes down to how hard you can train, okay? So if you think intensity, think how intense can you train? And when I say intense or when I say intensity or how hard you can train, that doesn't mean how loud you can shout in the gym or 
how fast you can throw weight around or even how much weight you're moving. Um, it simply means how, how close can you take yourself to true failure? Um, how, how hard can you push yourself to the point where your target muscle or muscles simply have nothing left? Um, and, and it's not that you mentally give up, but you physically cannot move that given load anymore. Um, and that coincides very closely with accuracy. So you can't really have one without the other. Okay. So you can't train intensely if you're not accurately stimulating the target muscle. You can train hard and you can throw weight around and you can shout and you can sweat, but are you accurately training that muscle? No. And if you're not accurately training that muscle, you're not actually training that intensely. You're just throwing weight around. Okay. So accuracy and intensity work hand in hand. Um, and you can be sort of, let's say, too accurate almost to the point where you're trying to be too pretty and too form focused overly to the point where you'll never move any substantial load which is important which we'll come on to in a minute so accuracy and intensity are, are, are generally very important and work hand in hand and intensity should always be um or both of them really should always be the the pinnacle that they, they should be the gold they should be standardized okay and then anything works from that so your volume and your frequency are dependent on your intensity and your accuracy okay so i'll have clients who who sign up and obviously i'll get every client to send me form videos and initially if i can tell that they can train like an absolute animal their volume is very low you know one to two sets across the board if they send me form videos and they think they train like an animal but they're not accurate at all they're not taking it anywhere close to failure one because they're not accurate enough or two because they're not pushing themselves enough and they don't understand how to train like that yet their volume will be higher because their volume and their frequency is going to be dependent on that intensity and the accuracy okay so think that your your intensity and your accuracy should always be number one they need to be standardized they need to be optimized as much as possible they then shouldn't change. They, they will gradually, you know, incrementally improve, of course, over time as you grow and as you improve in the gym. You know, we're, we're all always striving for more accuracy and more intensity, but they should always be everything you've got in that given phase, okay, at that given time, okay? So my training now is as accurate and as intense as I can possibly train, but give me two, three years and I'll look back at my training now and think, okay, I was nowhere near as intense or accurate as I am now. So it comes in time. Um, but one thing that is sort of inexcusable is not pushing yourself to that limit, not trying to be as accurate as possible, not being analytical with your training, not focusing on actually trying to get everything out of every set, but just instead going in and rushing through the, the sessions. That's inexcusable. You, you know, if you don't want to get the results and you don't really want to see a change, then feel free to just go in and do whatever you want. If you actually want to make changes and, and make the most of your time in and out the gym, then be analytical with your training. Be very, very sort of uh, strict in terms of your execution, your intensity, your accuracy. Okay. So then it comes to, like I said, volume and frequency. So your volume will be determined by how hard you can train. If you can't train that hard and you generally, you know, train with like, um, like a reps in reserve approach, either with realizing or not, 
you generally can get away with a, a higher volume. So you can train with more sets and more reps. Um, and if you can sort of train insanely hard, then you're going to need lower volume. Volume, by the way, is your, uh, the weight that you're using uh, multiplied by the reps, multiplied by the sets. So obviously a, a higher volume approach would generally mean lower, rep, lower weight, sorry, uh, higher rep and the higher amount of sets. Um, if you can do both, so if you can train insanely hard with an insane amount of volume, with an insane amount of weight, you're going to be an absolute beast. And everyone will know that you can do that because you'll be a genetic freak. But generally, you, you, you can't. You know, you, you, it's almost like you can choose one or the other. Um, but for me, and generally in, in the, the literature, um, intensity should always be the, the main focus. Um, so there, there is a lot, a lot in the literature that states, you know, tra training two and past failure is just going to accumulate more CNS fatigue than the actual stimulus you're going to get. And then we can get into stimulus to fatigue ratio, but that's, uh, you know, episodes on themselves, you know, we need to, to stay on these absolute basics, which is hard. Um, it's proven harder than I thought to, to not go on to tangents, but so, uh, yeah, volume, like I say, will be dictated by, um, generally just by how, how hard you can train. And then your frequency um, is very similar to that. It will be dictated by how hard you can train, but it'll also be dictated heavily by your lifestyle and, um, and, and generally you know, what you can work around. Let's say you're a single parent that works six days a week um, and only can really train twice per week, then you only train twice per week. And that's not that you don't want it enough. That's that you have other priorities right now, which is absolutely fine. If you can accept that you might have someone else who is a student who does all the lectures online, who can train whatever time they want, whenever they want, as often as they want. And obviously they're going to be in a, a better position to, to optimize hypertrophy, but that doesn't mean that you still can't make good progress on one or two sessions a week. Um, again, this is something we can go into in, in more detail over time. Um, so yeah, they're, they're the main sort of four, four sort of variables in terms of training, your intensity, your accuracy, um, which comes down to sort of your execution, your volume and your frequency. Okay. And then we have the, the three, um, the three main drivers of hypertrophy. So the three, the three main, main sort of factors that are going to, going to lead to growth. Um, so these are first of all, mechanical tension, which is, is generally, um, if you just think of that as the amount of weight that you use. Um, so the more mechanical tension you can create through the more weight you can use, the more muscle damage that's going to um, occur and therefore the greater hypertrophic response. Okay. So again, I'm making this very basic. I'm not going to go into more detail um, in today's episode. Um, the second factor is muscle damage. So this, just think of this generally as um, let's say your your accuracy and how close you can train to failure. Um, so, you know, you could say mechanical tension al alone isn't enough because look at some power lifters um, or just look at some people like who can do a one rep max squat or one rep max deadlift or bench crazy, crazy strong, but they've not got that much muscle. Okay. And that comes down to the fact that you know, they're creating a hell of a lot of mechanical tension, but they're not creating that much muscle damage because they're not doing it for, um, enough reps let's say or they're not doing it over and over they're not accumulating enough muscle damage to create that 
hypertrophic response that a bodybuilder would with more reps and more sets. And then we've got the third factor, which is metabolic stress. And that's sort of the pump, the, the burning sensation that you get when you train, especially when you work in, in slightly higher rep ranges or do um, intensifiers and extenders and, and metabolite work. Okay, so they're your three main drivers of hypertrophy. So when it comes to your training, just focus on, you know, are you ticking those off? So in terms of mechanical tension, are you using as much load as you possibly can in a given rep range with good form? Okay, and if, if you are, then you're creating as much mechanical tension as you can in that given time. Um, in terms of muscle damage, are you training accurately? Are you training intensely? Are you training as close to failure as you possibly can? If you are, then you're creating as much muscle damage as you can in your given phase. And then when it comes to metabolic stress, are you incorporating some higher rep work? Are you incorporating some um, more, let's say, um, pump-focused work, some more blood volume-focused work? Um, if you are, then great, you're ticking that box. If you're not, then add in some higher rep work. So you may, you know, you may be doing five by five, let's say, on squats. Maybe change that to... Uh, three sets and do a uh, three to six rep range a six to ten rep range and a 12 to 15 rep range so you, you're generally going to be getting a little bit higher rep work in there a little bit more blood volume in the muscle a little bit more metabolite stress and then you know especially towards the end of the session you can add in um, things like muscle rounds you can add in cluster sets here and there you can add in rest pause sets on back offs um, you could even add in blood flow restricted work um, or occlusion training. Again, all of that is, is, is to come in time with the episodes. But as an absolute basic, um, just focus on ticking those three boxes as, as best as you can. So that's training pretty much covered. I'm not going to go into it into any more detail than that. They're your absolute basics for training. Make sure that you don't try and sort of exceed those if you're an absolute beginner. Don't try and go in and, and think you know everything. Just go in and do that. Do the the absolute basics. Do the necessary. Um, just go in, train, understand how to to perform the movement patterns, um, learn over time how hard to train and how far you can push yourself. Um, be accurate. Make sure that you're working in multitude of rep ranges, and um, that's basically it for your training. So. Don't expect all of that to come at once if you are a complete beginner, because you know there's a lot, you know, a lot there. It's not just like you're going to step in the gym and understand all of that. You're just going to go in and pick weight up and put it down. And as a beginner, that's great. Just do the basics like that. Just enjoy it. Just go in and move some weight, um, and 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 don't don't overthink things too much because as a beginner, you're going to grow regardless. Um, but if you want to learn a bit more and, and want to know sort of the the main sort of drivers for hypertrophy, the the um the basic variables of training then then hopefully you've learned a bit, little bit there so then we're going to go on to nutrition okay so nutrition is like i said they're the they're sort of there's two sides to to your energy balance okay so energy balance is your energy in versus your energy out nutrition is obviously the side going in so anything that you consume is your energy in and then anything going out, your energy out is your expenditure, which I'm going to come on to after we've covered nutrition. So obviously uh, the body needs nutrients in order to, to provide energy. And that energy is going to help us with basic day-to-day -day bodily processes and functions. And also in regards to our training, our um, recovery from our training, our um, performance in and out the gym, 
Um, nutrition is obviously massively important. So energy balance is, like I say, energy in versus energy out. So the energy in is your nutrition. And basically all that is, is calories. So energy is, is broken into, down into calories and we get all our calories through our nutrition. So a unit of energy is, is a kilojoule. So you'll probably see if you look at like um, a, your, I don't know, let's say your bread or whatever you've got in the cupboard, look at the, the back of it and look on the nutritional information and it'll say KJ next to KCal. And, and KJ means kilojoule, okay? And that's a unit of energy. And there are 4.184 kilojoules in every calorie, okay? So one uh, calorie or one kil, kilocal, that's why it says kcal because it's actually a thousand units of a, of, a, of a calorie. So one kilocal or one kcal is uh, worth 4.184 kilojoules of energy. Okay. So just literally imagine uh, calories as energy. Simple as that. Okay. So if you imagine you're on a video game and you've got uh, an energy bar like across the bottom um, and if it goes to zero, you, 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 know, you can't move or you can't do anything. Um, and if it's at hundred, you you know, you're going to perform at your best on the game. Okay. That in a sense is going to be your, your calories in, um, and your, your energy balance. Okay. So your, your nutrition is made up of macronutrients. So we have protein, carbs, and fat. So they're the three macronutrients, um, that are going to make up your total calorie intake. Okay. Which is your energy in. So protein, uh, again, I'm not going to go into all these in too much detail, but basically protein carries four calories per gram, carbs, the same four calories per gram and fats, nine calories per gram. So fats are more calorically dense than protein and carbs. Um, so with those macros making up your, um, your total intake, you will have like a, let's say, a a macronutrient split, which may be favorable in terms of your goals. So generally, um, I'm not going to, again, I'm not, I don't want to go into too much detail, but generally um, you want to be eating plenty of protein. You want to be in a good amount of carbs and relatively low fats. If the goal is performance in the gym, because carbohydrates are going to be our primary source of, of energy. So we want those to be readily available Protein is our primary source of, of recovery and, and helping in terms of recovering from the sessions. And with our fats, they help a lot in terms of cognitive function and bodily processes, warmth. But they have less, let's say, less importance when it comes to um, your training and your recovery from said training. So it doesn't mean that fats should be non-existent. We should always have uh, a good amount of fats in the diet just for, for health. But like I say, this is, is going into more detail anyway than I wanted to. So I'll, um, this will all be, be covered in, in subsequent episodes. But the basics are you have macronutrients that make up your total calories. The macronutrients are protein, carbs, and fats. So um, then we have micronutrients. Um, so that's all your vitamins and minerals. Um, so these don't actually um, – they obviously do carry um, – macronutrients within them so not the micros themselves but let's say if you were to eat some salad it's primarily going to be made up of micronutrients um, but there will still be a small amount of macros in there there'll be a little bit of carbs it'll be zero pretty much zero protein and fats 
Um, so these these micronutrients they um, they're vital for for health, um, for absorption of nutrients, for again just general day to day processes within the body. Uh, we need these micronutrients. So they are they are very important. They are as important as as your macros. Um, you may not pay as much attention to them in regards to energy balance, but getting enough vital sort of vitamins and minerals in your diet is just as important as getting enough protein, carbs, or fats in, let's say. Okay, so generally, just to cover your bases there, just make sure that you have a decent amount of fruit and veg in the diet. I would generally recommend pretty much every meal having a form of fruit or veg with it. Okay, so that, that's nutrition in its, in its absolute basics. I don't want to cover any more than that, to be honest, but I'm going to cover the other side of the, the energy balance equation, which is your expenditure. Okay, so your expenditure is made up of um, numerous things. So very much like your, your metabolism. Your metabolism isn't just a, something within your stomach that is either working fast or slow. It's a, a sort of complex um, system of different variables that, that come together to result in your overall rate of metabolism. Okay, so your total daily energy expenditure, so your energy out in the equation, um, is made up of four different, uh, four different factors, so four different fa uh, variables, which are your basal metabolic rate or your resting metabolic rate which is basically um, the amount of calories that you're going to burn by doing absolutely nothing so if you were to sit or lie down literally in bed all day and do nothing that's the amount of calories you would burn that's your basal or your resting metabolic rate um, then you've also got the um, the thermic effect of food or thermal effect of food or thermal effect of feeding um, and that is basically the amount of calories burned through processing food and absorbing food. So basically uh, diet-induced um, calorie expenditure. Um, then you've got your exercise energy expenditure. So that's any, anything that you do, which is physical activity. So let's say going to the gym, going on a walk, going on a run, going on a bike ride, um, doing anything which you are physically going to do for energy expenditure okay so then on the other hand of that you have your neat which is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis and this is anything that you do that expends energy but you don't do it deliberately to do so so moving your hands when you're talking um sort of shivering um sort of let's say just jittering about and shaking your leg if you're sat and you're nervous or um biting your nails or um even just something like doing the washing or the cleaning at home something that you're not deliberately doing um to provide a form of energy expenditure but it's something that is going to still provide it so just generally anything that you're doing and that makes up a huge chunk that that neat because it's it's what we're doing day to day without realizing, but it takes up a huge a huge huge part of our total daily energy expenditure. Um, and you probably wouldn't wouldn't really think that. You'd think that the the majority of your energy expenditure is going to come through, let's say your your training session or your steps. But it it's generally pretty low in comparison to um, what you get from from your neat through just moving day to day without even you know doing the basics of of 
of life without even realizing that's what's burning a lot of your of your fuel so that's the the energy out so bmr plus um or basal metabolic rate plus thermic effect of food plus your exercise energy expenditure plus your neat makes up your total daily energy expenditure which is then the other side of the energy balance equation so we've got the energy in through food the energy out through total daily energy expenditure okay so if you imagine that as like a an old school scale not like one of your salter ones that your your digital ones like one of the ones where you have i don't know what they're called but a left side and a right side of a scale okay so let's say that the the goal is fat loss then we simply need the energy outside of the scale to be weighing more than the energy inside um so on basically let's say the energy in is on the left the energy out is on the right the right side needs to be outweighing the left side so we simply need to be burning more calories than we're consuming it is literally that basic and that will result in fat loss as simple as that okay so a caloric deficit will result in fat loss getting that caloric deficit is a lot more complex and a lot harder to adhere to and willpower comes into it and um accuracy and everything comes into it but if you can create a caloric deficit you will lose fat simple as that then when we come to let's say we're trying to gain weight or we're trying to be in a more optimal position to grow um, then we want to be doing the opposite so we want energy in to outweigh energy out so we want that other side of the scale to be to be weighing more so we want the, the energy in to be greater than the energy that we're putting out and um, so basically you're going to be eating more food than your than the amount of energy that you're expending so let's say you find you know a, a given balance and generally 3000 calories is your maintenance okay so let's say uh, you weigh in you're you weigh yourself every morning you track your food accurately every day you're eating 3000 calories bang on every day and you're weighing in pretty much the exact same every day or generally i'd recommend that you take an average weigh in every day take the average across the seven days and there's no movement that is your maintenance calories okay let's say the goal is fat loss, you're going to drop the calories from there or increase the expenditure. Okay, so you could either drop the food or you could go, right, I'm going to add 2000 steps in or I'm going to add some cardio in. Um, or if the opposite, you want to grow and you're focusing on, on gaining muscle and being a more optimal position to grow, then you want to eat more food or bring the expenditure down. So let's say you're doing 20,000 steps just because you like walking, it might be best off that you bring that down to 15,000 keep the food the same especially if you're struggling with appetite or if you can't do any less steps or any less expenditure because of your work schedule let's say then the food needs to go up and it might need to go up by 200 calories again all of this i'll go into much more detail when we come to the specific episodes but that's the basics of, of energy balance energy in and energy out one side's nutrition one side's expenditure okay and then the final basic that i want to cover is your recovery so when we look at recovery, we're talking about your sleep, your stress levels, um, your nutrition and hydration, um, and basically anything which is, is going to aid your, your recovery process um, and, and basically help you recover quicker to get back in the gym and progress quicker and, and, and be in a, in a better position to go back in and, and, and progress again and again and again and again and again. Okay, so sleep um, is, is a big one. Um, again, it'll have its own, own episode, of course, but generally you want to be getting yourself as, as much sleep as possible. Um, to an extent, the more the better. 
Um, I know some people will feel sluggish when they when they oversleep often, um, which which can occur. Um, of course, it can occur. Um, I'm not going to go into detail with with, with um, sort of with that too much, but generally, if you can aim for four to six sleep cycles um, and and sleep cycles work in 90 minutes. So the four to six sleep cycles would be between six and nine hours of sleep. Then generally that will be suffice. Um, And it's very individual dependent as well. Um, Again, like a majority of these things, you'll need to learn over time what is your optimal level and what is going to work best for you. Um, but generally six to nine hours, like I don't really let my clients have less than six. Like that's, if it's less than six, we really flag it up and it needs working on. If it's anywhere between six and nine, then generally we're happy. Um, it's seven and a half hours plus ideally. So you're getting five to six, uh, cycles. Um, if it's more than nine, um, then generally it won't be that consistently. It might be every now and again, they get a bit more sleep because they feel like they needed it. Let's say. Um, but I'm a big advocate of, uh, giving yourself a sleep time and a wake time and sticking with that regardless of the day, just for routine, um, that, that routine and that structure, not just for, for your recovery and your sleep, but for then your day as well. So the day going ahead. So you have the same amount of time to get your meals in, you have the same amount of time to get work in social life in, you don't have an excuse of, Oh, I missed training cause I got up late or, Oh, I couldn't train today because I had to fit this in. If you have a structure and that starts with your sleep, um, then that will generally help across all aspects of your life. Um, and so many people are just underslept and they don't even realize it. Um, they, they sort of sleep five hours. Oh, I feel fine. I feel fine. Fair enough. You feel fine, but you're not getting quality sleep. Your body is in a, in a sort of a fatigued state almost. It's almost like chronic fatigue without realizing. And you won't really realize it because it just becomes the norm. It's like in a prep, in a fat loss phase, um, you don't realize how low on energy you are because it just becomes the norm. And then when you start eating more and you get back into a, a caloric surplus, you realize, oh God, I was, I was actually in, in sort of, I was, I was in the gutters, I was digging, I was, I was struggling without really realizing because you just get on with it. And the same goes with sleep. Often people will be, will be underslept. Um, then you've got your stress levels. So with, with stress, generally, we're, we're focusing on keeping our, our cortisol levels as low as possible. So cortisol is a hormone released by the body when we're stressed. And um, generally, it's, it's quite a, a catabolic hormone, which means it, it, it's putting us in a, a negative position in order to, to grow. So we want to be as anabolic as possible. So anything catabolic isn't ideal, and cortisol is, is highly catabolic. So we want to keep our stress levels as low as possible. And the ways that we're going to do that are through... You know, again, managing lifestyle, managing sleep, uh, managing nutrition, um, managing relationships, managing everything that we can within our control. Anything that's out of our control, there's no point getting stressed about it because it's out of our control and we can't change it. Anything that's in our control that we can change, if you're getting stressed over that, then you just simply need to change it. Um, and, and generally, you know, things will occur and it's a lot easier said than done to be like, to say, oh, you just shouldn't be stressed. Of course, it's a lot easier said than done. But um, something that I sort of try and say and, and drill home to my clients a lot is your actual external level of stress is irrelevant. What is relevant is how you manage that stress and how you cope with that stress. So 
I might have a client who is working three jobs, who has a family, who, um, let's say, for whatever reason, things at home aren't going great. Um, and there's, a, let's say, there's a, a, a number of external stressors, but they do everything in their power to minimize that stress. So they're working three jobs to look after the family and uh, make enough money to do so. And yes, that's stressful, but they're doing it because they want to look after their family because they want to feel less stressed. They're going to be more stressed if they know that financially they can't look after their family. So then they need to look at the positives uh, and, and understand that what you're doing is, is a positive and not a negative. Um, same with, you know, when people are in relationships and especially, you know, at a younger age, you know, let's say teenage years and, and they're in a relationship and, and it's constantly hard work, get out of it. Whether it be a friendship, relationship, whatever it may be, get out of it because you don't need that stress. Um, and even, you know, sometimes with people's families, um, family, family life can cause stress. You know, parents can cause stress. Uh, what you've got to try and do then is, is educate them in regards to what you're doing and why you're doing it and, and what you're wanting to do if, if they're causing stress around your sort of fitness goals. Um, and if they don't understand, then you need to understand that you need to do this without them, without their support on it. Okay, so let's say for whatever reason, your, your parents simply won't allow you to cook your own food and they're trying to force feed you McDonald's every day. Is it more healthy to listen to your parents because that's the norm and, and to not go against your parents? No, because they're force feeding you Mackies and trying to kill you. What's more healthy is, is to go your own way and, and start you know, your, own, your own sort of lifestyle, um, which is going to benefit you a hell of a lot more. It's not going to be more beneficial to just keep your parents happy, let's say, um, because you're trying to make something of yourself. But again, I'm going off on a tangent. So just keep your stress low, simple. Um, try try and, and get out of relationships that are causing stress. Um, in terms of stress supplements, there are things like you can, you can take things like ashwagandha, um, sleep stack, um, support max neuro magnesium glycinate there's loads of different supplements that can help in terms of keeping cortisol levels low and keeping ourselves in a, a parasympathetic nervous state which is something that i can i can go into into a, another episode with the, the different branches of the the autonomic nervous system but i'm not going to go into that in today generally just try and keep your stress low in order to maximize recovery and then your nutrition and your hydration play a, a huge role in recovery as well so like I spoke about earlier, protein is going to play a big role in terms of aiding recovery from training and um, spiking muscle protein synthesis to, to combat muscle protein breakdown induced from training. Um, and hydration is, is going to be an important one as well in terms of uh, keeping ourselves hydrated and shuttling nutrients around the body, cellular hydration, um, helping blood flow, um, and, and generally you know, getting the body in a, a much more efficient position um, through being hydrated if we're if we're not hydrated our body is not in a position to perform at its best in and out of the gym um, so we need to make sure we're hydrated and an easy way to assess that is just through urine color so generally i'll say to my clients you know after your first passing so let's say your first you know first time you go for a wee in the day uh, in the morning um that 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 is generally going to be a little bit dehydrated because you've obviously slept through the night and you've had a, a bout of time without any hydration um, 
Uh, so you're going to be in sort of like a hypohydrated state. And then for us to get back to a, a hydrated state, which is, is just at normal hydration levels, we need to make sure that we're consuming enough water for our urine to be a, a clearer color or a very, very light color. Um, and that's an easy way to indicate whether you're hydrated or not. So, so just make sure that you're, you're eating enough protein, which is again, an episode in itself, but one, a, a, a guideline of one gram per pound is a minimum, but it's, it's an episode in itself. Drink enough water is an easy one. Like I said, just make sure that your urine is clear. Um, and in terms of overall caloric intake, um, generally we're going to be in a much better position when we're in a, in a hypercaloric diet. So we're in a surplus. Um, than if we're in a hypocaloric diet or so if we're in a deficit. Um, so at, at least uh, if, if the goal is, is maximizing muscle growth, we need to at least be at maintenance. So we need to be at least in a position where we're not in a, we're not in an energy deficit. Um, so at least at maintenance, but ideally in a gradual surplus, um, that's going to give us more energy availability, which means more energy, energy to train with. Um, and train harder, more energy to recover from that training um, and, and just be in a much better position to grow um, and, and create a, a hypertrophic response. Um, so, so in order to recover at our best, generally get enough sleep, keep your stress levels low, um, eat at maintenance or in a surplus, uh, eat enough protein and stay hydrated. So that is pretty much this episode wrapped up, to be honest. Um, I have rambled on a bit. But I don't want to sort of feel like I have to keep these too strict. Um, and if I want to go off on a tangent, I'm going to go off on a tangent. Um, sorry if it's annoying or if um, the episode title, I guess, is is not so consistent with what the episode ends up being. Um, but generally, I'm just going to ramble on and give as much value as I can within that that. Uh, that episode so obviously like i say this was the the basics and i tried to make it as basic as possible without going into to any more detail than i need to all of these things will be covered in more detail in their own episodes or in sub episodes of the education series anyway so if there's anything that you wanted covering or unsure on please feel free to ask so you know that will help me cover it in the future but don't don't panic if you think oh why didn't you go into protein intake or this or that because they'll all have their own episodes but for now, uh, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and I will catch you all in the next episode. Cheers, guys.